Welcome to the podcast, the She Who Dares Wins podcast. And my guest today is Katie. Katie is a crane driver. And um, well, yeah, met you back in, oh my gosh, I don't even know when it was, um, two years? Two years. Yeah, 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 a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, so we did an event together, um, but I feel like you were an early adapter to the social media scene. Like you were kind of the first person that I saw that, I could relate to and was like oh okay someone in construction um and I think it really stemmed from there and uh, like you were really you really and still are doing loads of stuff on LinkedIn um doing like the circuit of speaking and then yeah eventually got to met to meet to met come on Michelle put your teeth in um and so I want like it's been a long time I feel like we've missed each other constantly but finally got you on the podcast and just want to share your story with folks because it's pretty inspiring um you like many of us didn't really uh, decide you wanted to go into construction early on it was never like a lifetime wish um so yeah just talk us through how you became to become an apprentice and then eventually a crane yeah and I think you know what you said about most of us don't choose it and we don't and people always think that I walked around London looking up at the cranes and thinking well when I grow up I want to be a crane operator and I can do that and that's what I've always wanted to do but it doesn't it doesn't really work like that and um like you said, I never thought I'd work in construction. I didn't really think it was an option for me. And when I was in school, you know, I don't, I don't think I know any females who worked in construction. My dad was a bricklayer um, and a site manager, but I didn't know anyone who did that. So when when I kind of stumbled upon it, I'll start, I'll start a bit earlier. So prior to all this, I, I went to university. I did English literature. Um, I hated it. I dropped out. <laughs> then I went into work so I started off working in mobile phone shops and then I, I sort of fell into sales and I, you do fall into sales and as you know with most jobs once sales is on your CV or whatever's on your CV that's what you are so I was a salesperson mm-hmm. um, I worked for newspapers I worked for magazine advertising selling advertising space eventually I ended up in recruitment and this is, I guess, where it kind of started off. So I worked in a trades and labour section in recruitment, putting out, you know, bricklayers, painters, carpenters, sort of blue-collar trades. And um, I just kind of, I guess I kind of sat there and I was looking through construction websites. I was allowed. It's part of my job and I wasn't, you know, allowed on Facebook and stuff. So that was about as exciting as it got. And I kind of thought, I'm not seeing many women here. Um, there wasn't any and I, I didn't know any women and I, it was kind of a moment where I thought could I work in construction okay I, I hated sales I did sales because I was a good communicator mm-hmm. um, because I could talk to people but I, I hated selling I wasn't ever a good salesperson because I wasn't very money oriented orientated like that so it wasn't ever about squeezing the extra 50 pence out of the working man to try and bulk up my back pocket I just wasn't that way inclined and um, I I just thought could I do it but what would I do so I had no qualifications Um, I had no idea what I could work in or or anything really and I just thought well if I send off a few CVs and maybe apply for a few different things maybe an apprenticeship sort of staff at the bottom and try and see whether somebody will train me up to do something else 
And um, I can't even remember. Maybe it was like a heating engineer or something like that that I applied for. It wasn't crane operating. And uh, I sent it off and I got a phone call back and it sort of, they sort of said, um, we've got a new apprenticeship starting. How do you feel about crane operating? Uh, I, <laughs> I was driving back from work and I was just like, uh, I had it on loudspeaker, you know, you're like, um, I said, look, I said, send it through, send it through. I'll have a read and I'll, I'll give you a shout back. I'm just driving home at the moment. And I remember, I remember really vividly, I got home and I said to my dad, I said, I had a phone call from, uh, you know, a large corporate company. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they and he said, oh, they want some guys on site. So he's thinking it's to do with recruitment. And I said, no, I said, it wasn't that. And I said, they asked me if I wanted to be a, a crane operator. And my dad just looked at me really blankly. And he just said, did you tell him to fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember it. <laughs> he just spit out there like, did you tell him to fuck off? And I, <laughs> and I said, no, no, I didn't. I didn't tell him that. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. And then I kind of, from then on, I kind of kept it all to myself. And I read the email. And... um I didn't, honestly, I didn't think women operated cranes. And uh, so I just didn't think. And I thought, and I had to sit there and sort of look into myself and sort of reevaluate what I knew and what I didn't know. And I sort of questioned it. Do, do women operate cranes? Do they do they operate cranes? Typing crane, or female crane operate. You can't really find their name no. at the time. And I was like, okay, there's a few, you know, in Australia and a couple in Dubai and things like that. And, and then I had to kind of think, well, could I operate a crane? Um, <laughs> could I mean, how I do you measure that? Do you think I'm a good driver? <laughs> like, I don't know. Are you good at that grabber? At the like the. <laughs> I am good at the grabber. There you go. I am good. There you go. <laughs> could, could I operate a crane? And I thought, well, stuff it. Let's go for the interview and we'll see what happens. So I, I lied to my current work and said I had a meeting and I <laughs> pissed off out there for <laughs> a couple of hours. And um, I turned up at the head office and I walked in and there was a load of men sat there, men everywhere. There was just men, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it, I saw, I went, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this yourself? Why, why do you think you should even be here or be doing this or that anyone would even consider you as a crane operator? And then my, I sort of sat there and I'm wearing like a little dress because I was at work and, you know, little shoesies and these guys had suits on. So we all kind of, but I'm feeling a bit ridiculous, you know, like I just didn't feel like I fit in. And then I thought, well, you know, it's nothing to lose. Let's go in and see what it's about. And, um, First, I tried to park in the CEO's parking space. It was all just wrong Great from start. the start. You know, like, I'm, like, reversing in like this, like, thinking I'm all cool. Like, why is that space right at the front? Yeah, I'm parking. <laughs> like, the guys come running out, like, no, no, you can't park in there. <laughs> like, okay, there's no sign. <laughs> like, you should just, you just know. <laughs> but um, I'm going off on a tangent, aren't I? But, no, yeah, no. <laughs> so, I went into the interview room and all the interviewees were all men as well. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, this isn't, what, what am I, I just think it, my only concern was what the hell was I doing there and why was I putting myself through this? Yeah. And yeah. Um, we did loads of tests. It was all test-based. So it was all like team testing. It was all um, psychometric wow. uh, testing. 
Um, we had to build a structure. Half the bits were missing. I thought it was really ingenious. That I thought they took them out to like double test me and I should build this structure anyway. But no, they were just missing. So, mm. um, so we, we did all these tests and I sort of left and I thought, that's it. <laughs> I'm never getting a phone call from these people ever again. And I didn't really think much about it. Um, I just kind of left and I thought, well, you know, you went to the interview, you give it a good shot. Let's, um, let's move on, carry on doing what we're doing and uh, and then I got a phone call and they said oh you did really well on the interview um we were really impressed with you we liked everything you did and the first thing I said was it's not because I was the only woman was it (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants that free card right nobody wants that (laughs) nobody wants it and I thought it's the first thing I said to him was it was not because I was the only woman and I said it's not because I was the only woman was it because I don't want that that passed and he said no honestly he said you were really good you showed really good skill he went through it or you showed really good team skills we could see you doing management or something at some point um would you be interested in doing it and I thought and I sat there and I, I hadn't told anyone I went to the interview so I kept it completely secret and I thought well you know I do really need a change I've hated what I've done for the last 10 years this could be a good way out yeah yeah it wasn't particularly that I thought I'd be like a brilliant crane operator or anything. So I didn't, you just don't know. But I just thought it would be a really good way out into doing something different, into a new industry and into trying something I never tried before. And if these people are willing to invest all this money in teaching me to do something else, then I'd be silly not to do it. And I had to, how did your dad react? Like when you <laughs> well yeah well I, I that was it so I, I thought I'm gonna have to tell him you know <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> undercover like, drug crane driver <laughs> like yeah. working for MI6 <laughs> day job actually I'm a sales rep I haven't mentioned it since so I was like okay I'm gonna have to mention it because they wanted me to start it was fairly quickly and um I went home and I had my boyfriend at the time and my dad and I told them about it and I said, look, I'm thinking of going for it. They've offered me an apprenticeship. And dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, I I think so. I think I'm going to try it. I'll either be really good at it or really bad at it, but recruitment jobs are 10 a penny anyway. So if I was really shit at it, I'd get something else. I mean, the, the only thing was I'd only just found like a really good company. I'd been there about six months. So that was a bit, you know, I'd worked at, different companies before that but um and he said you sure you want to do this he's like you know you'll be full of men and you know you're like you really made for it you won't be able to have nice nails and you know your makeup and all this lot I was like right and I told my boyfriend at that time he was like no he's like you won't like it because he worked in piling he he did piling he was like we won't like it it was like it's long hours it's dirty work it was like there was men all the way, the scaffolders. You're not going to like it. <laughs> and I, but the problem is, as soon as somebody tell, tells me I'm not made to do something, yeah. probably like yourself, I'm like, right, okay, you both said I can't do it. But that's it. <laughs> probably if they told me I could do it, I'd be like, no, I'll stay where I am. <laughs> like, no, you're not made for this. I'm like, no, yes, I am. I'm going to go and show you all. And <laughs> I think you need a bit like, of that, yeah. Because <laughs> I think if everyone was so supportive, you'd just go, oh, well, maybe I'm all right in recruitment. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what I'm doing. It's easy. Maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I just I just thought, let's go for it. Let's try it and see what happens. It'll either go really well or it'll either go really badly. But you, if you don't try, you don't know. And then you ended up like 
you know, training and then going and driving these big cranes in London and like, was it everything you expected or did you not have any expectations? It sounds like you just kind of like, all right, let's just go into this and just see what happens. I think I, I come from a bit of a, a different point maybe than some people because I'd had a list of shit jobs. Sorry, it's my phone, <laughs> fuck's sake. No, you're absolutely sorry, fine. Right. Yeah, right. go on, sorry. Um, so I, I'd had a list of shit jobs and I'd had a list of doing things that I really didn't enjoy doing and um, for many years. And I, just, don't get me wrong, some of them were good and, you know, I'd worked in a phone shop and I'd have shouted at people, I'd people throwing phones at me, mm. you know, like, boss boss used to make me sit on his knee you know like so you were well (laughs) set up for construction then like (laughs) there's nothing (laughs) you know I've just been through all these experiences that I hadn't really enjoyed so um I went in there excited I was really excited that somebody wanted to teach me to do something different that they wanted to train me up and that they thought I could do it and that it was somebody was investing in me like that to change because I really felt like it was a pivotal moment to change my life and that, that sounds a bit cheesy doesn't it no, but, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I felt like I'd been stuck in a rut for so long I'd been so unhappy I'd had so many problems with debt and everything and I felt like this was a really pivotal moment where I could maybe sort myself out pull my trousers up and and carry on to be honest and and, and financially um, like like doing a cane a crane driver were you aware of like the salaries was that a big push for you were you aware of that you know potentially you could earn a decent amount of money was, was that something that you were like okay I, well is this I think only only kind of later on but when they when they rang me about my apprenticeship and I thought oh they're gonna offer me a really measly wage yeah because you know we've you can get that kind of stigma with apprentices they give you 50 pound a week yeah. or something until you get on with it and I thought they're gonna offer me something really measly here and I might not be able to take it financially I might not be able to do it and then they offered me more money than I was on wow <laughs> an apprenticeship is pretty awesome yeah I was like oh okay. yeah okay no we should definitely try this yeah yeah, yeah. it's all winning <laughs> That's why I, when I, I mean, when I was an apprentice, they, um, I went to college in Norfolk. So I was there for, we did a lot of tickets. I did tower cranes, crawler cranes, um, slinging signaling. I did traffic marshalling. Um, what else did I do? I did dumpers for a spell. Okay. So they, they put us through absolutely everything. And um, so I spent, I spent quite a few, well, I think the best part of the year there, in and out, sort of going back Monday to Friday have a weekend off, go back Monday to Friday. And I went through all these tickets. Um, so it's a really good, ex- for me, I thought it was brilliant because everything had been so shit up until that point. So it was like, it was like a holiday club where people were teaching you things. It, it was amazing. So I didn't understand why other pre- apprentices would moan about it and people had issues with it. I could never get my head around why people would moan about this situation. And even later on, we had a lot more groups of apprentices and, some of them would moan about it and they'd moan about the wages and they'd moan about the accommodation. They'd moan about the food. And I'd be like, I don't know. You know, like you've just been handed the greatest opportunity you could ever have. You're getting trained up. You've got a job at the end of it. Mm. And they keep progressing your wages up until you're on the same wages as everyone else. I think, I don't, I think it's crazy. Like I, I was having this discussion, like probably about two or three years ago. So I've had a couple of apprentices that work underneath me. Um, and like, I've been like, trying to train them up and there seems to be there seems to be like two sides to this so there's apprentices that 
finish school and their parents are in construction they're like oh, okay go and do an apprenticeship and and for en- the engineer side of things I was like right you're gonna you know after three or four no probably five years time you're gonna have not only the training from college but you're gonna have on-site experience so you're gonna come out the same position as a graduate without the debt plus you're gonna be more employable because you've been on site for five years you know what what's going on so this is like a fantastic opportunity and some of them I think maybe down to age were just like oh yeah and I always just I always used to say look I used to like show that probably wrong. I was like, this is how much money I earn. And they would like be like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm like, you can do that. It seemed to be the only incentive to like an 18 year old lad who was only interested in like buying trainers or yeah. drugs at the end of the weekend. And I was just like, <laughs> this is where you can get to. But then the flip side of it, when I was speaking to um, probably actually most women that have done apprenticeships, like I had Rachel on here. She's a stonemason. Very similar story to you. She went to university. Um, I think she probably, I think she did a history degree. And then like just did all these like little jobs and just wasn't really keen into a good career or something that she was passionate about. And then randomly enough, an apprenticeship came up to be a stonemason, Lincoln Cathedral. And absolutely loved it the best career choice just flying away with it now is amazing I think I don't know whether it's a bit of age or like you say with you like that change of a new opportunity um but apprenticeships like I I even now I have to be really careful because my husband's a lecturer but I'm like don't go to university because I've also worked alongside graduates there's no disrespect to graduates but they yeah. like clean high vis book learn all this knowledge they're like yeah I'm going to be a manager in two years which which could be the case they could be on a graduate scheme do that but it's like you know they stood around a digger and they haven't got a clue how they work they haven't got a clue how the lads work they don't know how how things are put together and it's not their fault but for me looking at like I mean I, I had a degree but it was non-relevant to construction but looking at the two now I would be like and I know they're hard to come by get an apprenticeship like if you can yeah. even even if you have the ability to go to university no one I think the stigma the problem is with stigma with apprenticeships is like if you couldn't get a degree you did an apprenticeship but oh yeah. God, that is so not right and also like financially as well you don't need to you know, I don't know what the average um salary is for a graduate these days but when you look at the comparison like why not earn over five years and get the experience I just I can't see unless you want to go into like be a chartered engineer or if it has to be you know like a structural engineer where it has to be specific and you have to do a degree like I just think don't because and also the other thing I don't know if you'd agree with this but if you start an apprenticeship you might actually then look at other trades and I know you can switch and you might be like okay actually I don't want to drive a digger or I don't want to do this but actually I can learn other stuff would you say that's pretty accurate Oh, completely. And I think um I think talking about construction companies, I think they're really supportive. Yeah. They really want to see you do well. They're not giving you an apprenticeship to set you up to fail. They really want to see you do well yeah. and get stuck in. And um I did my company put me through my appointed person's uh, ticket last year, year before, last year, last year. So they're they're always wanting to push you further. You know, if you want to go further and you want to become a construction manager, you know, site form and you you want to do anything they're more than willing to support you you want to go and change and do a degree we do apprenticeship degrees and things as well and you know I, th- I think it's always there and once you're in with a company and they've seen you graft and they've seen you do the hard work and they've seen you out on site getting stuck in and doing what you need to do they're more than happy to support you to follow whichever route you want to go because they don't want to lose you they don't want to input a load of money exactly, into you and then walk, yeah. walk off to another company yeah yeah they want to keep it for as long as they can. I think it's I think it's a brilliant way to go apprenticeships. And like I say, I, I had so many tickets starting out. 
so many tickets. I mean, most of them sort of fell by the wayside. And um, but you know, and it's I, ju- I just think it's it's brilliant. I, I'm I'm very pro apprenticeships as well. Not that I have a problem with you know university and degrees, and I think it really does depend on what you want to do. And like I say, we do uh, degree apprenticeships as well as yeah degree apprenticeships so it's it's a possibility and and you still get the on-site training with a degree apprenticeship which you wouldn't have and you get funded somebody pays for you to go to university it's really hard to push university <laughs> like but everyone you should go to university so that my husband can keep his job <laughs> just just <laughs> degree, apprenticeships. degree apprenticeships you're still at university just someone else is paying yeah for exactly it. yeah That's true right. true you do both yeah exactly exactly yes. Howdy folks, I really hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the podcast. If you've got time, head over to www.shewhodareswins.com where you'll find a ton of awesome merch, hoodies and tees. You'll also find a bunch of empowering and supportive content for you to soak up, not to mention the show notes for episodes like this one and information on how you can connect to us via social media and also join the private members Facebook group. Be sure to check it out. And in the meantime, let's get back to this awesome episode of the podcast back into like stuff that we've discussed and the reason why I guess on social media um you know we're popping up and we're chatting about things being a woman in construction it's yeah it's it's a topic that is ongoing and and hence why we're here but that apprenticeship and then full-time working as a crane operator yeah um you know, was it tough? Was it and 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 bringing gender into this? You, you say yeah. when you looked around at the interview room and you were the only woman. Like it's the case on site, isn't it? And it still is now. And yeah, yeah how has it been for you? Like, if, do you have any like stories or? <laughs> it was it was it was strange. Okay. I can't lie, it was strange. And I, I'll talk about my first day because I, I think it's important. I think it's important to learn from it so we can change things. Yeah, please. <laughs> So I, I rocked it. I've done all my apprenticeship. Everything was great in college, very comfortable. You know, still a lot of guys on site, but, you know, it's college and people are very nice at college. And then, so I've turned up for my first site, text message, get there at seven o'clock, uh, bring this, this, that, and that. Fine, go to here. So I've turned up, like, okay, I'm here. Walk in. There's, like, some guy on the desk. I'm, like, I'm, I'm here um, to do my induction. Uh, he's like yeah yeah yeah. go go upstairs go upstairs whatever so I've walked upstairs bearing in mind I've never been on site before so I don't know how site works I don't really know what I need to get on site I don't really know where I need to go and there's this room full of people and this guy at the front talking I'm like oh my god do I need to be in here have I missed the start of this thing or like nobody's saying anything you know I'm just like (laughs) everyone's looking at me everyone's staring at me the whole room turned to look at me plus the guy who was talking turned to look at me I'm like okay I must this he sent me here this must be where I'm due to be so I've walked through the room slowly everyone's looking it's really silent I don't know why the, the, all the air suddenly escaped from the room and I've reached the wall at the back and I've just stood against the wall and they've kind of all turned back around and carried on talking and doing what they're doing and I've slid down the wall <laughs> I slid into a ball at the bottom and sat there, just sat there. And I'm thinking, and I'm, <laughs> I don't know what anyone's talking about. I don't understand this meeting. I don't think I'm going to be in here anymore. And I'm questioning myself. And at this point I went, what the hell are you doing to yourself? Why, 
are you putting yourself through this? This whole room is looking at you and there's guys staring at you and you're just sat on the floor with your hand in your head. <laughs> at least Not you weren't crying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for me, but I'm curled up. I'm 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 practically fetal about that. <laughs> and it's only seven in the morning. Oh shit. <laughs> and then, then eventually the room emptied out. <laughs> Everyone left. <laughs> and the guy who was talking come up to me and he and he had a chat with me and I, I explained and he said, Oh, he said, you know, you need to be inducted. And I said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for and he said we're just waiting here that'll be a long soon so I sat there and I waited for my induction and I got it and um yeah then I went on site and I what they expect from you when you go on site is they expect you to know how site works how people on site work yeah. how everything works on site and the fact is you've never been there so you don't know how things work. You don't know you're meant to walk this way or that way or go this way or that you're not meant to do this or you're not meant to do that. <laughs> it, it was just all really awkward. And I remember walking on site and they were introducing me to a few people and everyone's staring, you know, everyone's just staring, you know. And it I, it was that I really did question my life choices and what, <laughs> what I was doing <laughs> why 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 would why would you put yourself through that um and I, I remember I, I went to the crane I met the crane there was another crane operator on site so we don't just get our apprenticeships very good unlike some other apprenticeships you get sent straight to site here's your ticket wow on, do what you need to do we don't so we get sent out um with another crane operator okay. uh, established crane operator and I spent a number of weeks um with him just watching what he was doing, then he was letting me take over. He was teaching me about the crane, and it was all it was all really good, to be honest. And then um, he left, and it was kind of my point to take over the crane and do what I was doing. But everyone stared. Everyone <laughs> stared. It was like I felt like the Pope. You know, the Pope in his Pope mobile. Yeah, yeah. Waving at people. That was me. That was me on a daily basis, and I felt like I had to wave at people. <laughs> <laughs> but you had that again like I'm gonna say here you had the um you've got your, your vehicle right so you're in so you so you're yeah. there so you're kind of a little bit exposed what I'm saying is I've, I've felt that before but I felt that walking I know you do have to walk across site but like I felt so exposed and I've been like right I'll go and hide over here for five minutes or I'll go over there and <laughs> no one will notice me but I suppose you are in such a huge machine there is no escape is there it's yeah. just like oh and no that was it I was like sat in this glass box and then they built a walkway in front yeah, of my nice. <laughs> Like you're in a zoo. Come down. <laughs> down and stare at me. I had to sit there and wave at them and smile. It was like, <laughs> oh, that's your job. Just I felt like I had, to, I had to do that. I had to smile at people and wave at them. And I, I, this went on for a long time. I was waving and smiling, especially with the walkway in front of it. <sighs> and I felt like I had to at least be jolly, you know. <laughs> and and just to put this in perspective for the listeners out there. I'm talking. You you were working in a city, London, right? Yes, so busy, like, this was public. Yeah, yeah this okay. is Oxford, Oxford Street. Oh, shit. So, well, yeah, okay. Very, yeah. Busiest place in London, right? Okay, yeah. It was it was interesting, and then um, 
And then everyone was sort of questioning my craning abilities, which is standard. You know, yeah. you'd hear lorry drivers would turn up and they'd be, oh, what's that girl like in the crane? You're always that girl in the crane. What's that girl like in the crane? Is she any good? You know, lucky I had a really good team around me, really, really good team. But they'd ask the banksman, what's that girl like in the crane? Is she any good? What's she like? Uh, well, then uh, other people on the site, what's that woman like in the crane? It's like they expected me <laughs> to reverse the crane through the wall or take half the building down yeah. and it annoyed me because I just knew if I was some guy in the crane nobody would even ask yeah I just wouldn't ask it wouldn't even be a question you see a guy in the crane would you even think to say what's he like in the crane is he any good it's, it's a two-step just... verification that's very social media of me but it is isn't it it's like you've got to prove you can do the job but that's not good enough then you've also got to prove you can do it as a woman and and you're right like even like the crappiest men that I've worked with that just cannot do a job their ability is not questioned first and foremost based on their gender it's just like you know eventually we'll find out they're rubbish at a job but it, it's up front isn't it it's like oh but no she's a woman so yeah yeah she's a woman in a big machine yeah like shit everyone London <laughs> <And it> disperse. <laughs> <laughs> But I felt it and I, I didn't know half the time whether it was a pressure I was putting on myself or whether it was a pressure I was putting on site. But I felt like I had to be absolutely precise and perfect at everything I did or else I'd just be torn to bits over it. And plus I was an apprentice. I was still learning really. Yeah. I just every day for like months, I just felt such immense pressure <laughs> trying to operate this crane. And because I, I like you say, the centre of London, and I'm in between these massive buildings and, you know, a new crane, and I wasn't sure that I wasn't going to stick it into Tesco's. That was my mo- main concern for about three months that I was going to stick the crane in the discos because it's next door. That looked great on the news, wouldn't it? Woman crane driver. They'd blatantly put woman as well. It wouldn't just be crane driving, woman crane driver, you know, whatever. Not really close. (laughs) There's a big crane and Tesco's is like, I mean, there was a site, then there was a, a pavement outside the site and then there was Tesco's and it was so close you know like and I was like that's really close because I'm used to when you're in your apprenticeship you're in a field I was like, going to say I wouldn't trust myself unless I was in the field yeah <laughs> what are you going to hear and then you stay there and like for, for ages I just thought I'm going to stick this through Tesco's one day I'm just nice good happen. <laughs> the wind's going to come or something's going to happen and this jib's going to go through Tesco's and but it's totally okay because yeah. if that happened you could just blame it on your period and hormones and because you're a woman <laughs> yeah. you and cry <laughs> Yeah. and cry and, and you'll be absolutely fine it was just me like, well I was a woman I told you I was a woman so what else did you expect what do you want I mean we we laugh about this stuff like I know I've chatted in the past to you and we laugh about shit we've had to put up with and stuff that you go through and and the reality is some people it'll, it'll put them off um but the one, it, it is funny and it is our stories and we have to embrace it and times do need to change and we're both advocates for that it's something we're both passionate about but yeah like if there's someone out there listening now and they've heard your story and they're like oh I don't know if I could put myself through that um and one thing I, I wouldn't say to people is like just do it for the story if anything because there's so many funny stories that come out of like you know I've I've fell down manholes I've like uh, yeah, I've had to work with a guy who was like David Dickinson, who was vile, and like there's just so many stories, um, and you have them too. I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but but you know, what if there is someone there 
And I think it will be slightly reassuring to them that you've talked about your feelings and how you felt, because that is really important. Like sometimes on social media, I think we all come across as, yeah, we've been out there 10 years, 10, 15 years, you know, it's water off ducks back. And it's not like shit happens every day. It still gets to you. And at the start, you know, we weren't superheroes. We, we, we went on with a job. And, and like you say, you, you, all those feelings of emotion from the apprenticeship to actually first day on site and on no doubt throughout your career, there are these hard times. And would you say that, you know, those hard times are not as often and yeah. Yeah. Like, what, like how would you, how would you say to yeah, them if they're I, like, I think, yeah, I, I talk about them. I talk about them because they're funny. Yeah. There's another reason I talk about them though. I talk about them so we can change things. Yeah. So I talk about my first day on site. So the next apprentice goes to site. There's someone there waiting for them right. that can take them right. to the right room, show them the right place to go and carry on like that. That's why I talk about it. That's why I think it's important because if we don't talk about it, if I don't talk about my experiences to my company and what happened on that first day or what was I not happy with on that first day or that first week, we can't change can't to change make our it. apprenticeship yeah. any better. We can't make the experience any better for the next apprentice that comes on or the apprentice after that that comes on. So that's part of the reason I talk about it. Um, so we, we change things. We change the way we do things because – I spoke about it, which which you have, I think it's really important. But it's not everything. Your first day at work isn't your whole five years at work. Yeah. Uh, it's just your first day. And it's it's just that moment. And, yes, it was hard and it was awkward and it felt awful. And I giggle about it a lot now because it was just it was just badly organised and, and rubbish. And, you know, that, that's just how it was. But... I wouldn't want to put anyone off by talking about that. I think, and I think from where, you know, even I've only been in the industry, what, six years, over six years now. Um, But from where I came from to where we are now, I think we've changed so much. Mm. And I think people are so much more aware about, you know, new joiners on site, new women on site, new apprentices on site. And the fact that, you know, you might have to be a bit nicer <laughs> with how you do things. You might have to be a little bit more thoughtful with how you do things. You might think, do they need a toilet? You know. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I went, I, I went, I was on site for ages. No, not that site, a different site. And I was sharing a toilet with welders for a long time. And, you know, I, I was sat in a crane and I wouldn't want to go to the toilet. That's appalling. You shouldn't have to hold your wee all day because you're afraid to go to the toilet. And I spoke about it. And I spoke about it at a network rail event, funny enough. And uh, one of them, one of the guys there brought up and he said he, he was CC'd into an email. And it was shocking. Some of the ladies were holding their wee and they were talking about how to dehydrate themselves so what? they didn't have to go to the toilet as often because the toilet was so far away. And I brought up my experience of it. So then... What they do is because of this email chain, because they catch people talking about it, they fix it. Yeah. If we're not talking about it, things will not be fixed. Yeah. If we shouldn't be dehydrating ourselves, we shouldn't be holding our wheel all day because we can't go to the toilet. And if your company is, you know, respectful enough and large enough and care enough to, about you, they'll put the changes in place to make other people more comfortable, make you more comfortable. Yeah. That's why I talk about it. Not because things are horrendous and I dread going to work every day and it's yeah, awful, yeah. but because because there's very, very small things that have a large impact on people's lives that might make them not want to come back tomorrow. Yeah. 
it's it's minor it's not that it's usually not the people they're working with it's usually very small things like toilet facilities or you know just turning up on site for the first day and not having someone there or it's just minor but yeah for people listening to me I wouldn't be put off by any of it because it's it's honestly the the best career that I've had in my life and it you know I, I talk about that pivotal moment of change where I thought things would get better and things did get better things got a lot better it really did completely change my life and I know it sounds like oh she just bullshitting or, or chatting rubbish but it did and I was a lot happier I was a lot better rounded I felt uh, a lot more accomplished mm-hmm. um felt like I could actually do something they give me a load of tickets I c- I can walk off with these tickets tomorrow I can work anywhere in the world yeah, yeah. if yeah. I want to yeah you know I can operate a crane in Shanghai I can go to Dubai I can anywhere I think that's what construction gives you I think uh, yeah I mean you you your story is inspirational. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. I've, I've got my husband at the window because he's like, I've got a lecture in five minutes. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off. Um, so I'm going to have to round this off. But I, I want this to be part one or part two, if you're okay with that, because I feel like I feel like it's been an amazing episode. And I think part two, we could we could delve, if you're up for it, we could delve into you know, the little, the little funny stories, but also then like how we change. Cause we've just touched on it there at the end. And I think that's really interesting. And I think both of us probably have a lot to say on that is, is how we move forward. And I think it, it would be interesting for companies out there. I know there are some listeners out there that, that work for companies, some guys, and it'd be interesting for them to, to have a perspective on it as well. Um, so yeah, I do want to have you back for that and, and apologies cool. for cutting you short now, but I, I want to say to everyone <laughs> out there, yeah, just you are you were an inspiration to me to start my social media campaign and you still are with everything that you do um because you're honest and you're open and 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 that's that's really good. So thank you so much for sharing what you have with us today. Like I say part 2 has got to be in the making and yeah, I'm going to get <laughs> shouted at real quickly. This is lockdown covid podcast style where you're on a time scale because you've got two kids and a husband that needs to do a lecture for god knows how many students um but i want to say massive thanks katie and yeah number two let's 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 rock out podcast number two uh, part two and thank you so much for being an awesome guest thank you honestly and that, that's really kind really really kind what you said ah, no, it's, I it's all but true it's all true <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy will you have the rest um yeah social media let's get on that um you have an awesome um lockdown whatever it is that you you cracking on with and i'll catch up with you yeah. super soon i'll talk to you soon thanks all right, michelle mate. no worries take care bye, bye.